Good morning. If you were paying attention, you heard Daryl say that things would be a little bit different this morning. So things are a little bit different this morning. Glad that you are here. Welcome. Glad to be together today on Resurrection Sunday as we celebrate this morning. Um, one of the things that's different today is, first let me say, it is really good to see all you parents of small children. Way to go. Awesome. I know how hard it is to try to get kids up, get them dressed, out the door, and then you show up at church on Sunday and there's no children's church during the sermon. That's on me. That is on me. Email me, not Angela. Uh, that's me. But you know, I really wanted us all to be together today for Easter Sunday. I want us to be together as a family. And listen, if you've got small kids, and like, listen, it's going to be tough. We get it. If you've got to take them out, work good. If they get a little unruly and make noise, nobody cares. Okay? We're just glad you're here. And we're glad that your children are here with us. Uh, it'll be a little bit different this morning. Uh, again, um, it's not just Easter Sunday. It's the first day of the week. And on the first day of the week, I'll remind you that we are commanded to contribute, to give. And we don't pass trays doing that anymore, but you have the opportunity to do that this morning. Out in the foyer, right under the monitor there, there's a box for a contribution. You can do it online. Lots of ways you can do that. So you will be blessed if you, uh, if you contribute uh, to the work of the kingdom this morning. So that's, that's part of our worship. You know, pretty often when I preach, I ask questions, and I expect an answer, and I ask you to raise your hand, and I know that so many of you hate to do that. Regardless of that, I'm going to ask a question this morning, and I'm going to expect an answer, and I'll tell you right up front, this is the dumbest question I have ever asked in a sermon. The dumbest question I will ever ask in a sermon, but that's okay, I'm going to ask it anyway. Here's my question. How many of you, if you and I were to get in a fight, like a fist fight, how many of you think you could take me? Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> Calm down. Calm down. Relax. Yeah, now you want to raise your hand. Before you vote by raising your hand, there's a couple things that you need to know. I haven't always been a preacher, okay? I haven't always been this soft preacher. I grew up on a farm. I had two older brothers that kind of wailed away on me pretty often. I got an older sister that used to wail away on me pretty often. You know, I was a truck driver. I slung bags of feet around for, you know, 15 years. Um, Mike Manley will tell you I still possess mysterious old man strength, as he calls it. Yeah. I try to take care of myself even now. I run four or five times, a, you know, a, a week. Um, I, grew, I played every sport growing up. So you need to know that about me before you vote. But now, I want you to go ahead and vote. How many of you, if we got into a fist fight or a wrestling match, whatever, put us in an octagon, 
How many of you think you could take me? Just raise your hand. Wait, wait. no women. No, no, no women. Girls, you can't play this game. No, no. My self-esteem has plummeted this morning. Now, men only. I'm serious about this. Just men. If you're a man and you think you could take me, just raise your hand. Leave them up. Leave them up. I want to, right, I want to see. Seriously, leave them up. I want to see. Look, Jimmy's being nice. He's not voting. The ex-professional athlete who's five times stronger than me. Raise your hand, Jimmy. Just raise your hand. Come on. Yes, yes, you could take me, of course. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, Bill, you could kill me ten ways without getting up. No, that's, that doesn't really count. Gary, did you have your hand up? See, I think I could go a couple rounds with Gary. He might win. But yeah, I'm, I, at least last a round or two. Oh, yes, yes, you could take me. Anybody, uh, Boxel? Yeah, see, same thing. I think I could last a little while with Boxel. But yeah, okay. You could take me. Well, of course, Reb could take me. I mean, come on. That's, uh, Jim, yeah, ex-firefighter. Yeah, you could probably take me. You cheat? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So basically, we have pretty well established that um, every man in this room and several ladies, <laughs> between the ages of about 16 and 75, could, could take care of me. Okay? I get that. I love you too, Bill. Thanks. Yeah, I'm not suggesting that we try this, uh, this out this afternoon by any stretch, by the way. But I told you, there you go, Gary, yeah. Gary, I'm, he, he, Gary's here with a walker, but he still knows those moves. I know he could get me on the ground, and then it's all over then. You know. I told you it was the dumbest question that I've ever asked. And I'll tell you why it was such a dumb question. When you think of me, your preacher, you don't think power, do you? And you don't think strength. That's not what comes to your mind. I know when you think of me, you think handsome, right? That's the first thing that comes to your mind. You think witty, you know, smart. Those are the things that come to your mind when you think of me, your preacher. You do not think power. You do not think strength. And that's okay. I get that. You, know, you can think whatever you want, okay? I get it. And I am not offended that you underestimate my strength and my power. That does not offend me at all. But listen, I am offended when we underestimate the strength and the power of Jesus. Because so many times when we think of Jesus, we don't think power. And we don't think strength. We think Compassion. We think patience. We think love, kindness, gentleness. And of course, Jesus was all of those things. You know, if I were to t- ask you, what do you think of when you, when you think of Jesus? Most people, most people in the world at least, have a picture in their mind of what they picture Jesus as. And usually it's from a picture or a painting. You know, that's how we kind of think of Jesus. Usually he's somebody with... Nice-looking guy with long hair, kind of brownish blonde hair, blue eyes. He's wearing a white robe with a blue sash. He's sitting on a rock, and he's petting sheep. 
Isn't that how we think of Jesus usually? I don't know if he pets sheep or not. I've read the Gospels. Nowhere in the Gospels does it say that Jesus pets sheep, but that's how we envision Jesus. We don't think of him in terms of power and strength, which is ironic because Jesus talked about that all the time when he talked about himself. When Jesus talked about himself to other people, so many times he talked about his power. He talked about, about his glory. You look at what Jesus said when he's talking to other people, and you'll see that there is a strong, sometimes even maybe harsh side of Jesus. And that's what I want to talk about this morning. I want to talk about the strong side of Jesus, who gives us victory through Jesus. That's where our victory comes. Uh, so this morning, we are going to look at a whole bunch of scripture. We're going to sing some more this morning. And then in just a little bit, we're going to share in communion together as we think about and as we celebrate the power of Jesus. Let me read you a, a quote about Jesus talking about himself. This is a quote from Jesus in the book of Revelation. Don't be afraid. I am the first and the last. I am the living one who died. Look, I am alive forever and ever, and I hold the keys of death in the grave. Jesus said, I died but death couldn't hold me. I am alive forever and ever. And I hold the keys of death in the grave. Isn't that something worth celebrating? On, on Easter morning, shouldn't we celebrate the fact that Jesus claimed the victory? And when we paint a weak picture of Jesus, it makes us weak. And when we fail to recognize the, the power that Jesus has, then we fail to recognize the power that we have, the Jesus within us. So this morning, as we celebrate the power of Jesus, as we commune together, that's where I want our hearts and our minds to go. Because listen, if Jesus had not been resurrected, we would never talk about heaven. We wouldn't have any reason to talk about heaven if Jesus hadn't been resurrected. We wouldn't sing songs like, I've got a mansion just over the hilltop. Because we wouldn't have a mansion just over the hilltop. We wouldn't sing songs like, this world is not my home, I'm just passing through. Because this would be our home. This would be as good as it gets. I mean, how depressing is that, right? This would be it. If Jesus had never been resurrected, not only would he have lost, we would have been the big losers as well. The Apostle Paul uh, writes a letter to the church at Rome, and he talks about just how hard life can be. He talks about struggles and setbacks and, and uh, heartaches. And he says this in Romans chapter 8. No, despite all these things, if in context you can go back and read it, he's talking about all those troubles, all that persecution, all that heartache. He says, no, despite all these things, despite a really hard life, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. Overwhelming victory is ours. Listen, I don't know how you feel this morning. I don't know what kind of mood you're in. I don't know if you've been having a really good week, month, or year. Or maybe this has just been a super trying time. Maybe you're really depressed right now. 
Maybe you're really anxious and worried. I don't know where you are. I don't know what's going on in your life. But I do know this. If you belong to Jesus, you win. That's how the story finishes. If you belong to Jesus, we win. Because of the cross, we have been plunged to victory. And someday we're going to sing up there the same song of victory that we sing down here. Because our victory is not in ourselves. Our victory is in Jesus. Let's think about that. I heard an old, old story How a Savior came from glory How he morning. Now we talk a lot about what happened on the cross that Friday afternoon and we talk about what happened at the tomb that Sunday morning. From a historical point, so much happened. You know, from a spiritual point, uh, the events of that weekend changed the course of human history for all eternity. Our victory is in Jesus. So what exactly did Jesus claim victory over? Well, for one, he claimed victory over Satan. At the cross, Jesus claimed victory over Satan. Now, God promised this all the way back at the beginning. Genesis chapter 3, God tells Satan, one is coming, you're going to bruise his heel, he's going to crush your head. Satan is told at the beginning of our time, you lose. There is one who's coming who's going to win. John writes in 1 John chapter 3, He who does what is sinful is of the devil because the devil has been sinning from the beginning. The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the devil's works. And then Paul writes in the book of Colossians, For he has rescued us out of the darkness and gloom of Satan's kingdom and brought us into the kingdom as his dear Son who bought our freedom with his blood and forgave us all our sins. On the cross... Satan was defeated. 
The empty tomb proves that. You know, I mentioned that we very rarely or not often enough at least talk about the power that Jesus possesses. The other side of that coin is we don't talk that often about the power that Satan possesses. You know, the Bible describes him as our great enemy, one who came to kill and steal and destroy. Scripture calls Satan a roaring lion, roaming the earth, seeking someone to devour. We have pretty well established this morning that almost everybody in this room can handle me. Listen, nobody in this room can handle Satan. Not by ourselves. Not alone. We don't have a chance. But because of the cross, because of the empty tomb, we're not on our own. We've already been promised the victory. The Lion of Judah wins. Satan is defeated. That, that one who goes around like a roaring lion, he's defeated. He was defeated when the blood flowed down. Let's think about that. I belong to Jesus. I belong to Him. I belong to Jesus. claimed victory over, he claimed victory over sin. Peter writes in 1 Peter chapter 2, he personally carried away our sins in his own body on the cross 
so that we can be dead to sin and live for what is right. We've been healed by his wounds. And in the book of Romans we read, our old sinful selves were crucified with Christ so that sin might lose its power in our lives. We're no longer slaves to sin. For when we died with Christ, we were set free from the power of sin. Because Jesus rose from the grave, we are free from the power of sin. Because Jesus rose from the grave, we're living under grace. Paul wrote in Romans, there's no condemnation now for those who are in Christ Jesus. If we are in Christ Jesus, we are living free of condemnation. All of those promises, all those beautiful images that we read about in Scripture of, of Jesus healing the brokenhearted, uh, of God redeeming people, all of those things are true and real because Jesus claimed the victory over sin. Had Jesus not risen from the grave, we wouldn't be able to talk about forgiveness. And we would dream about grace, but we would never experience grace, not if he hadn't been resurrected. On the cross, at the empty tomb, Jesus took care of our sin problem. And he was the only one that could do it. It took the perfect sacrifice from the perfect lamb, and it took the blood of that sacrifice to cleanse us of our sins. Let's go to that next song. I'm going to ask the men to sing the question, and the ladies will give us the answer. What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus.
nothing but the blood of Jesus. Listen, at the cross, Jesus defeated Satan. He defeated sin. He defeated death. He claimed victory over death itself. You know, if Jesus' story had ended at the cross, we would have a great example. We would not have a Savior. And if the Jesus story had ended at the cross, he would have been a great teacher. He would not be Lord. But again, the cross wasn't the end of the story. He didn't stay in the tomb. The grave couldn't hold him. He defeated death itself. Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 15, when the perishable has been clothed with the imperishable and the mortal with immortality, because of the empty tomb, that's going to be us, by the way, then the saying that is written will come true. Death has been swallowed up in victory. Where, O oh, death, is your victory? Where, O oh, death, is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God. He gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. I like the way the message words that uh, passage. Where, oh, oh, it says, O oh, death, who's afraid of you now? Who's afraid of you now, death? If you back up just a couple verses in that same chapter, Paul says this in verse 20. But the fact is that Christ has been raised from the dead. He has become the first of a great harvest of those who will be raised to life again. So you see, just as death came into the world through a man, Adam, now the resurrection from the dead has begun through another man, Christ. Everyone dies because all of us are related to Adam, the first man. But all who are related to Christ, the other man, will be given a new life. In just a few minutes, we're going to share together in communion. This has not been a sermon. This has been a long communion talk, okay? This is what we're building towards. I did a little bit of math this week. I have, in my lifetime, taken communion more than 2,500 times. 2,500 times plus, I have sat and listened as someone tried to get my heart and my mind in the right place to do what I was about to do. And it, it, it's hard. You know, the brothers that stand up here and do that so well, um, give them a lot of grace. That is hard to do. Usually when I think of the cross, I think of the sacrifice. I think of suffering. I, I think of Jesus in the garden. Let this cup pass, but not my will, but yours. I think about Mary standing at the foot of the cross and Jesus seeing her there and telling John, take care of my mom. I think about my own shame. I think about my own guilt. And by the way, those are exactly the right things to be thinking about. But this morning, I want you to think about the power of the cross. And I want you to think about the power of the resurrection, the victory that Jesus claimed and what it means to us. Victory over Satan. Victory over sin. We're going to take communion together. If you didn't pick up uh, communion supplies on your way in, raise your hand. Let me be sure everybody gets one. Maybe some of our uh, ushers here can just leave your hands up and we'll get you, we'll get you some communion supplies. We want to do this as a family. One down here all the way in the front, too, William. Uh, two down here, William. 
One of the things that as a church family we are blessed to do is, is share this meal together. And it's not just us. I mean, Christians all over the world today are sharing this meal together. What we do is a reminder. We talk about it being a, a memorial, this communion that we share together. But it's also a celebration. What we do every Sunday is also a celebration. Celebrating Jesus' victory over the tomb. Remember, in John chapter 11... Jesus shows up uh, at his friend Lazarus' funeral, and he's, he's really late. And he has a conversation with Lazarus' sisters outside the tomb. Remember what his conversation with Martha was? It's in John chapter 11, verse 23. Jesus told her, Martha, your brother will rise again. Martha answered, I know he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live, even though he dies. And whoever lives and believes in me will never die. And then he asked Martha, Do you believe this? Because of what Jesus accomplished on that Friday, because of what God did on that Sunday morning, all of those people that we love, who have gone on before us, we're going to see them again. All of those people who taught us to love Jesus, all those people who helped us fall more deeply in love with Jesus, all of those people that we think I would just long to be able to see them one more time, we are going to see them one more time. But we're going to be with them through eternity. It's not just one more time. Because Jesus has claimed victory over death. Do you believe this? Do you believe this? We're going to all be in heaven. We're going to be in heaven together. What a day of rejoicing that will be. Let's sing that song, George. Also going to have a prayer after that for the cup. Um, I've got a lot of reasons why I want to go to heaven. It's a long list. Number one on my list, the main reason I want to go to heaven 
That's where Jesus is. I want to be with Jesus. But I want to go to heaven because that's where my dad's going to be. I want to see him again. My mom's going to be there. I want to see her again. I want to see my father-in-law again. I want to see Rick Lane again. I want to see Steve Roberts again. I'm going to see him again. I'm going to have a prayer for the bread. And when I finish the prayer, don't eat it just yet. We're going to do that together. Just hold on to it for just a minute. But let's, let's pray together. Father, we thank you for the power that was exhibited at the cross. We thank you for the power that rolled the stone away at the tomb. We thank you for the victory that Jesus claimed and for the victory that he has allowed us to claim as well. This morning as we share this bread together, we celebrate that power. We celebrate the promise of our resurrection as well as the resurrection of those we love. Father, we ask your blessings on this bread. We pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. We're going to take this bread together, but here's what I'm going to ask you to do. I'm going to count to three. And on the count of three, I just want you to say out loud the name of someone that you're looking forward to seeing again. Maybe it's one name, maybe it's two or three names. Just say it out loud. Those people that we love, that because of the resurrection of Jesus, we're going to see again. Say their name and then we'll eat the bread together. One, two, three. George, put that chorus up, please. for the cup and then same thing after I, after I pray just hold the, the cup in your hand for just a minute and we'll take it together let's pray Father on that crucifixion Friday on that resurrection Sunday it took Jesus' friends and followers some time to process exactly what happened and what it meant 2,000 years removed from the weekend, I'm afraid sometimes we fail to appreciate what the cross accomplished and what the empty tomb means. We understand the sacrifice, but so often we don't acknowledge the victory. We miss the excitement. We miss the sheer joy of what it means, but we shouldn't, Father. We shouldn't. What it meant to them, it means to us. So, Father, as we partake of this cup, would you help us to remember the sacrifice, but would you also help us to celebrate the victory? It's in Jesus' name I pray, amen.
Here's what I want us to do as we take the cup together. I want you to think of someone who's still here. Someone who you long to have in heaven with you. Maybe a child, maybe a grandchild, co-worker, a dear friend. Someone that you have some influence over. Someone that you could help claim the victory. So I'm going to count to three again. And then again, I just want you to acknowledge out loud the name of someone that you desperately want in heaven with you. And you don't have to announce it. Maybe they're sitting beside you. I don't know. You know but just under your breath at least. Just, just verbalize someone that you want to be in heaven with you. And we'll take the cup together. One, two, three. Our victory is in Christ. Our victory is not in each other. Our victory is not in ourselves. Our victory is in our Lord. Our victory is in our King. And we cannot just need to thank Him for that power and that victory, not just remember Him for that power and that victory. Listen, we need to praise Him for that power and that victory. Let's sing that next song. Hail Jesus, you're my King. Hail Jesus, you're my King. Your life is me to see. Your life is me to see. I will praise you all my day.
Listen, this morning, may you be overwhelmed by the power of Jesus, by the power of the cross, by the power of the resurrection. And may that realization change your life. Listen, we're going to sing one last song, maybe one last, I don't know, but kind of a song, an invitation kind of thing. Listen, as a church family, if we can pray with you about something, if we can help you in any way, go ahead and make your way to the front. There'll be some people here to meet you and and talk with you then. Sing that, that next song. Yeah.